Um, all right, guys. So, as you might remember me saying two weeks ago, we were on retreat last week. So, two weeks ago, um, this month in August, we're going to be talking about discipline. Discipline. We have yeah, we have three weeks to talk about discipline, and three weeks is probably not enough time. But we're going to do our best. We're going to do my best. I'm going to do my best to, you know, break off chunks of this understanding and, you know, chew them up and spit them back out and hopefully you guys can pick something up along the way. Uh, I was sort of, earlier in the week, my head was sort of spinning at just different angles you can take with this topic of discipline because it's so big and especially, like, how relevant it is in today's world. So, yeah, it's great. That means that um, a topic so big is, is, it's great to have so much because it means that God wants us to know it because it's covered so thoroughly in here. So it's good to have something like that. So discipline. Got three weeks to talk about it. So a couple things to know about discipline just sort of right off the bat. People don't like it. People don't like discipline. It's, it's nobody's favorite subject, really. Um, yeah, at all. To say like that it's a controversial topic would be an understatement. Um, it's one of those subjects, you're right, this is a janky stool, I don't like it. Um, it's one of those subjects that has been completely, like, absorbed by just the postmodern, postmodern worldview that we find ourselves in today, all right? The, the your truth is your truth, and mine is my, my truth is my truth. My version of discipline is not your version of discipline, so how can we possibly come to an understanding? It's one of those subjects that is completely taboo, like, um, don't touch it, hands off, I don't want to talk about it because I don't agree with you, or I just reject the notion that discipline is a necessary aspect of, of living. There's no conversation to be had because everyone's version, and I say that because, yeah, whatever, we'll get into that later, everyone's version of what discipline is and means is founded on an unsubstantial and empty and a completely arbitrary foundation. Um, what does that mean? Uh, we live in, we live in a, a time when everything is based on the almighty feeling. And if you've been spending time around me in the last month, I've been talking about how I hate that word so much. Right, Tiffany? I hate the word feelings. Um, <laughs> and you're laughing because if you know who I am, there's a running joke and perception of Adam up here that I lack feeling and emotion. Now I even hate the word. I, don't, I, can't, I can't even stand the mention of feeling, feelings. Um, but that's not true for the record. I do have feelings and emotions. But um, yeah, everything is based on feeling, so everything is subjective and everyone is coming from a different place. Another thing is, despite what society, where society wants to put discipline, however low they want to diminish or devalue or dismiss it, like I said, it's a practice that we find, and an attitude that we find, like I said, thoroughly covered in Scripture, throughout Scripture, Old Testament and New Testament. Discipline is 
one of those things that God wants us to know and accept and express and understand, um, and in the right way, too. And that's important for us, that it's covered like that. Um, we can and should not, we cannot and should not follow that status quo of feelings. I feel this way, and so this is why I believe this. Um, we have a standard clearly outlined for us in Scripture, and that is our basis and understanding for everything that we believe and hold true and know. Um, yeah. We do not base our understanding of discipline on the F word, as I have it written down here. <laughs> I'm going to call it the F word. Um, it's ever-changing and it's unstable, but scripture is not. Scripture is consistent, and you see a consistent message on discipline throughout. Um, feelings change over time. The, uh, your, your understanding of something can change based on, can be influenced by something else. But scripture is consistent and true, and it's the only stable foundation for everything we know. Um, he gives us, God gives us wisdom and understanding, and when it comes to dis discipline, he practically gives us an instruction manual <laughs> on certain circumstances and scenarios um, of how we're supposed to express it um, and understand it and execute discipline in our lives. So, with that said, today, this week, week one, will sort of just be um, a broad stroke and some bullet points of understanding discipline. And then over the next couple weeks, we'll go into like the practical outworking and why it's important for us to, to know and um, uh, demonstrate, I guess. Um, Yeah, why it's important for the church specifically to hold discipline sacred. Um, remember that the entire year has been revolving around, it's not up there, the th I just missed it, revolving around the t two key words, which are what? Does anyone know? Anyone that's not part of the leadership. What are the two key words that we're at in our, our five-year plan of, of sermons? Nothing? Oh, there you go. Josh with the, the phone a friend or whatever. Accountable and invested. Yes. Discipline and accountability are really sort of synonymous when we're talking about these things. Um, they go hand in hand. You can't have accountability without discipline. Um, so yeah. So what is discipline? What does it mean? In the New Testament... The word discipline is derived from the Greek, and I will butcher this, so forgive me, paiduo, D-Y, that's how it's pronounced, paiduo, it sounds funny to say, but it means to train children, specifically children, it's used to train children, to instruct or to teach, um, used as a general term, to instruct or to teach, to cause one to learn, to chastise, to correct with words, to correct with um, action, physically sometimes, to, um, it's used by God to chastise um, in the affliction of evils and demonic wisdom, and to, um, by judges, like same as fathers, to chastise their children. Um, Paul uses the word several times throughout the New Testament, throughout his epistles, 
addressing whole churches and individuals and how they should be living and addressing issues within their communities. So when we're talking about discipline um, this, this month, it's important to understand from the get-go, I guess, two things. Um, we'll, we'll talk more about the practical outworking of discipline within the body, and it's specific to within the body, but discipline, um, yeah, discipline is, how do I say that? I don't know. Discipline is something innate within us. I said earlier that everyone, I was thinking about this earlier today, but everyone has a different version of discipline. So aversion by its very nature means it's derivative, right? It's derivative of something that existed before. Um, and so discipline is something that everyone craves, but over time it's been taken outside the context of God and our relationship with God and our investment in the body and all these things. So um, we're just going to sort of seek to explore that. And we'll talk, I said, we'll talk more about the practical outworking within the body specifically. Probably, probably next week, but yeah. But anyways, Paul uses this term, paiduo, several times um, throughout his letters. In Ephesians 6, he says this, Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger by the way that you treat them. Rather, bring them up with the discipline and instruction that comes from the Lord. In 2 Timothy 2, he says, Gently instruct those who oppose the truth. Perhaps God will change those people's hearts and they will learn the truth. Bear with me, there's going to be a lot of rattling off scripture because like I said, it's covered thoroughly. There's no reason to not believe it exists in scripture. 2 Timothy, again in chapter 3, All scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. The word is used again, paiduo corrects, the same as the word discipline is used. Um, the author of Hebrews says this in chapter 12. Have you ever forgotten the encouraging words God spoke to you as his children? He said, my child, don't make light of the Lord's discipline, and don't give up when he corrects you. Same word, used again. For the Lord disciplines those he loves, and he punishes each one he accepts as his child. As you endure this divine discipline, remember that God is treating you as his own children. Who ever heard of a child who is never disciplined by its father? If God doesn't discipline you as he does all of his children, it means that you are illegitimate and are not re really his children at all. Since we respected our earthly fathers who disciplined us, shouldn't we submit even more to the discipline of the father of our spirits and live forever? The, the mentality and the action, so it's both, right? Discipline is a verb and a noun, and it's used as a verb and a noun throughout scripture. But the, the mentality and action of discipline isn't a suggestion for us as believers. Um, and it isn't a suggestion for people in general. It's, uh, it's not something that, you know, you can either pick it up or you don't, or you don't, you know, whatever, whatever suits your fancy. Um, scripture defines discipline, the noun and the verb, as a command. It's a command for, for us as followers. It's direct wisdom and it's direct responsibility given to us by God so that we can stay pure, pure before him. Um, without discipline, we leave the door cracked to, to evil. Um, man, I'm just thinking about, yeah, I'm thinking about 
conversation earlier, thinking about what Josh shared during his thing, but without discipline, we leave the door cracked to evil. And so the moment that we accepted Christ, we made a statement to all of creation that we are wanting to live and be disciplined. We need, and that we need help in that. We need accountability in that. And that's where this investment part of what we're talking about comes in. Um, and yeah, now that we've made that statement, you know, three people were baptized last week. Now that they've made that statement before all of creation, before us specifically as their body, we have a responsibility to discipline them, right? And they have a responsibility to us to discipline us. It's not just one way, you know, from a more mature person to a lesser mature person. It's a reciprocal um, attitude and mentality as a body of believers. Um, It's all of our jobs. It's all of our jobs to stand watch of that cracked door that happens if we don't stay disciplined to the truth that God presents to us, to what scripture has to say in everything that we do and everything that we come across, every relationship that we have, every interaction, um, all of these things. It's all of our jobs as a community to uphold that command in our lives. Um, We've all made that same proclamation, and so that's why. Um, Christ says, or in Revelation chapter 3, rather, Christ It says Christ will correct and discipline everyone. The same word is used, um, paiduo. Um, So be diligent and turn from your indifference. Um, For those people that, I've been guilty of this too, for the record. For those people that have a hard time with um, finding relevance, I guess, in Old Testament scripture or not focusing enough on Old Testament scripture, right? There's like a phenomenon that Old Testament doesn't matter to Christians. It's all about the New Testament because that's what Christ, that was, that's what Christ started, right? That's false. That's wrong. And discipline is littered throughout the Old Testament, and it's consistent exactly with what Christ taught as he was living here. Um, and if you have a hard time with um, Old Testament scripture, then I would defer you back to 2 Timothy chapter 3 when it says all scriptures for the benefit of us. Um, but anyways, stick with me here because there's several that I'm going to rattle off. Proverbs chapter 3 says, My child, don't reject the Lord's discipline, and don't, don't be upset when he corrects you. Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 9 says, The wise are glad to be instructed, but babbling fools fall flat on their faces. Chapter 10, Proverbs, People who accept discipline, this is the one Josh shared earlier, People who accept discipline are on the pathway to life, but those who ignore correction will go astray. Again in Proverbs chapter 13, A wise child accepts a parent's discipline. A mocker refuses to listen to correction. Again in chapter 13, those who spare the rod of discipline hate their children. Those who love their children care enough to discipline them. Chapter 15, Proverbs again. If you reject discipline, you only harm yourself. But if you listen to correction, you grow in understanding. Psalms 119. I used to wander off until you disciplined me, but now I closely follow your word. Again, at verse 75, I know, O Lord, that your regulations are fair. You disciplined me because I needed it. Deuteronomy chapter 8. I think that, (laughs) think about it. Just as a parent disciplines a child and 
the Lord your God disciplines you for your own good. We see here in Scripture, in, in these, some of these verses we're talking about, that discipline is not something that should be um, dreaded or like once you receive it, you should um, feel angry towards the person that is helping you or towards God, if it's God. Discipline is something that is, should be welcomed and accepted and um, sought after, right? Understanding the basis for discipline, just the rough basis for discipline, laid out and clearly defined in Scripture and taught by Christ himself. And we're going to go over Matthew 18, and we're going to go over what Paul says in 1 Corinthians later on, um, and what he says in Galatians and in Timothy, and in Hebrews, we're going to cover Hebrews again. Um, understanding the basis for that is relevant for us when we hold it up against what it has become today, what discipline has become today, and how far it's fallen. As I said in the beginning, the world hates discipline. It, it, it hates being held to any standard, really, because the only standard that matters is my feelings. My feelings, the F word. Um, You can, I mean, I guess that's natural, right? The closer we get to Christ returning, it, there will be more of a rejection of him <laughs> and what he says and what he teaches and what God um, wants for us. Um, so I guess that's natural, unfortunate, but natural. Um, all good things, all godly things, ideas and actions and people will become more and more hated. And we're told that we can expect that, but... Whereas in God's word, you see discipline as a means for learning and for instructing and for in teaching and for holding each other accountable and bringing someone back on the right path um, and holding, yeah, holding someone accountable to the perfect standard. In the world, you see a complete rejection of it altogether. Or you see a skewed or bastardized version of it, something that's derivative of where it came from borrowed concepts and ideals until they get in the way, really, until they get in the way of selfish ambition, until it changes, until home base, home plate, if you've heard us talk about it, shifts from here to here. We live in a time where you can expect to be looked at weird or strange or it's awkward feeling when you correct your child, for example, in a public space, in a grocery store where it's threatening or scary when you have to have a serious, accountable conversation with someone because, well, I don't know if that relationship is really safe. And so we just had this hard conversation. <laughs> and this is relevant. I mean, just being honest, it's relevant for Brittany and I, right? We just recently had a conversation with the whole family like a couple months ago. And how it felt to them, I imagine, was strange and scary because they're not used to that level of interaction. Um, they're not yet used to being held accountable to what it is they say that they believe and want. But that's the time, that's the world we live in now where when you have, when you have a serious and hard conversation and you're struggling with that in relationship with someone, it's, it's scary because the relationship doesn't seem safe because 
because they weren't disciplined. <laughs> they weren't disciplined into understanding that. They weren't taught correction and learning properly. It's foreign to them. Society understands discipline to be bad or um, unloving because it's been skewed into turn and turned into something that it's not. It's been misappropriated. This discipline is seen as punishment or abuse or cruelty to maybe your child, right? There's a hyper-focus on the verb discipline um, and a misunderstood and misused carrying out of disciplining. Discipline is when you beat your child down because you're on a negative emotional high and, well, someone has to feel my wrath and I have to take it out on somebody. Discipline is, it's been inappropriately linked with anger. That's not the kind of discipline that's laid out for us, especially when we're talking about interaction within the body of Christ. Discipline is not angry. It's, it's calm, and it's slow, and it's intentful, and it has the right motives, and it's always for reconciliation, bringing someone back um, to where they were. Discipline is seen as bad because it forces ideologies onto people, right? How many times have you heard this is usually, I guess, in relation to a parent raising a child, but I'm not going to push that on this person because I want them to find their own way. That is Pastor Monty's word that he wants me to say. Bovine manure. There you go. He's not even in here. Too bad. Um, he's here? Oh, there he is. <laughs> Hope you heard that. Um, you see that nonsense rhetoric in so many things, right? You see it in terms of how relationships are defined. You see it um, in the teaching of social issues to people or politics or, I mean, really everything, not least of which in teaching who God is and the truth that he presents to us. But um, newsflash, like, when does that ever work in in a positive way, like, um, yeah, when does freedom of exploration ever end well, if you're being honest with yourself and your assessment of that? Um, I wrote down here, let's see if I can remember why I wrote this, but you don't stop taking care of, of a person just because they can now hold the bottle, metaphorical bottle, and because they are good at wiping their butt now right? Just because they're, good, <laughs> they're capable of meeting their basic needs, now they have freedom of exploration. No, that's not what scripture lays out for us. Um, people, especially young people, need guidance and instruction for a lifetime, right? And it's not, and we'll hit into this later, but it's not limited to, to young people, but certainly young people. They need boundaries and understanding what is right and what is wrong, what is good and what is bad and what is natural and what's not natural. When have you ever heard of a healthy and well-grounded person who grew up in freedom of exploration? It usually ends bad in one way or the other. Not to make <laughs> too bold of a statement up here and be too controversial as our thing is broadcasted to anyone that ever cares to watch it, but um, there's a reason why young people 
more and more are losing their minds to the point of unfortunate suicide, um, and it's not solely because they don't fit in or they feel like they don't fit in, the F word again, they feel like they don't fit in, or a perceived lack of um, love and understanding from their parents or their peers or whatever. It's because their version of discipline, their false discipline, is in limitless possibilities, and they don't know up from down. They don't know black from white. They were never taught the basics of who they are and who they should be and who they were created to be in God. And that's because those, those arbitrary standards for living, again, right? Their foundation is built on sand rather than stone with Christ. Um, their discipline is not godly focus and was not fostered, and this is important, it's not godly focus and it wasn't fostered within the body of Christ and held accountable with everyone participating in that. Discipline is seen as bad because it's, and this is the part I just mentioned, because it's seen as um, developmental, I guess, or it's finite, right? I'm a grown man or woman, and I am who I am, and I don't need to be taught or instructed because I'm grown now. That's wrong. That's not what scripture lays out. Because you're a grown man, solely because you're a grown man means that you're perfect and complete and not lacking anything, etc. And so you should stop growing and maturing and learning and giving back that same level of interaction solely because you're grown. No, that's not what scripture presents, and that's not what Christ did for us. Um, yeah, uh, not only are we given specific instructions and, st and standards for many things, parenting and living together as a community, but there's accountability when it comes to holding grown men and women. Scripture says that we're all children, and so we're all subjected to this kind of worldview, this, this attitude of discipline, um, yeah, so where does that sort of misinterpreted, misrepresented, misused, um, or outright rejection of discipline lead? I read an article this week, and it's a couple years old now, but it, <laughs> it labeled the current generation as the angry generation. It said this, parents who fail to discipline their offspring properly are creating a generation of angry children who lash out in the classroom. A study has found, a study has found, pupils are twice as likely to be aggressive and disruptive if they had parents who were violent, critical, or inconsistent in what they allowed them to get away with at home. In contrast, children tended to be better behaved if their parents combined warmth with clear and consistent rules and boundaries. Uh, the research led by yada yada yada, National Academy of Parenting Research, a negative parenting style characterized by harsh and consistent discipline was clearly associated with more severe antisocial behavior. So that's all well and good, except for that it leaves out the fact of where you're supposed to get it from, which we've been talking about, right? But even by the world standards, lack of consistent boundaries and discipline um, in a healthy way leads to negative things, leads to antisocial behavior, um, leads to the angry generation. Yeah, so over the next week, you guys should be thinking about the idea of discipline, um, how you've thought about it in the past and how you think about it now and how you want to express it in the future and be a part of it, not just receiving but 
helping to give because of proper motives and because that's who we're called to be as um, people who are in the body of Christ. God supplies the standard and the reason for discipline in who Christ was. And scripture and the body, us, the church, um, supplied the accountability and investment toward that, um, toward that growth and that relationship with him. And we do it together. And it's fostered here. Over the next couple weeks, we'll be exploring that. We'll be exploring the practical outworking of that. Like I've said, there's plenty of um, examples of that, and Paul writes about it, um, and Christ talks about it. So, yeah, look forward to that. But for now, we have a few questions that we can talk about as a, as a base, as a starting point. What kind of discipline did you grow up with? How did it shape you? And what kind of lingering trauma or baggage do you have because of a inverted or false version of discipline? How do you react to discipline now? Even now, as someone who has proclaimed themselves to Christ, is it something that you still struggle with? And how so? How can we help you in that? How do you express it, and how are you honing it? Um, remember, it's not just a discipline isn't a passive a passive thing, right? It's an active participation personally and toward people. What is your motive when, when um, expressing it? And then lastly, sorry if I'm going fast, Josh, what else do you see or hear out there in regards to what the world thinks of discipline and how skewed it is? Let's talk about these things today. Thanks. Thanks.